Today's message was recorded for Sunday, May 3rd, 2020. Good morning, church family. I just want to say hello to everybody and let you know that I miss you. And also, I want to thank the Harper family once again for helping to bring us some praise and worship before a service here. Also, Steve Ogre, thank you so much for that keyboard music that we were able to play as well. We are just so thankful for God's goodness in your lives. And thank you to the church family for praying for Judy yesterday. Uh, for those who may not have heard, she had some surgery yesterday and she came through and is doing well and is in recovery. And so continue to pray for them as a family. Also, I have a good report I'd like to share on Pastor Tom. He's prepared a video update that I'm going to share with you right now. And so let's just rejoice in what God is doing in his life. Good morning, church family, friends, and my dear brothers and sisters in CMA. This morning is an awesome day. God is on the throne and he reigns. I'm recording this on Friday. I just got done with the doctors and um, they gave me a very good report of progress that I am weeks ahead of my healing. And that is all because of the prayers of my brothers and sisters, not only locally, but worldwide. Thank you so much. I have a few words for you because the first thing that happened that morning was the first things out of my mouth was, Lord, I need you now. And that was the first thing I said when this uh, took place. And um, in Mark eleven twenty four, it says, Therefore I say unto you, whatever things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And I called on the Lord immediately because I knew that I needed his strength and his power at that very moment when that explosion went off. God is so good and so faithful. And the healing that has been taking place in my body in a week is just tremendous what God is doing. And again, I thank all of my brothers and sisters and those that are praying for me. Um, this is the reason that I'm here today, one week later, recording this for Sunday morning. And God has just tremendously done a mighty work in my body. And in 1 Samuel twelve sixteen it says, Now therefore stand and see the things which the Lord will do before your eyes. And um, it is amazing, even when I look at the pictures from last week, uh, the day that I went to the hospital, and I see myself every day, the progress, it's almost like I'm not looking at the same person. And so I want to let you know that your blessings, your prayers, have just totally, totally overwhelmed me in June in your love, your support. Um, you don't really know um, sometimes how much your life affects others until something like this happens and you see the love of people around you and how they, how much they love you. And sometimes we take that for granted. And it reminds me of the, the love the Lord has for us and that how every day is a blessing, how we cannot take for granted the things of God. And so I want to leave you with this today and June's greatest 
blessing she wants to pour on you guys. She is praying for each and every one of you. She's praying for every card that we get. She is praying for just, it's just overwhelming what God has done this last week. And so I want to leave you with this, with this scripture because this sums it up of what we're all doing. Not only what I do for you, but I know what you're doing for me. And it gives, and it's in, uh, Matthew eighteen nineteen, and it says again I say unto you that if again what excuse me and again I say unto you that if two or more shall agree on earth as touching things in heaven that that whatever they ask I shall it shall be done for them by the Father which is in heaven and I know that this is the reason that I'm here today in this shape that I'm in. And I put this Hawaii shirt on just so I didn't look as red as what I do. But I'm, 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 I'm healing in great strides and it's because of the prayer. So thank you so much. God bless you. And I'll be looking forward to giving you a report again later. And uh, me and Miss June are just totally overwhelmed by your love and your generosity. God bless you. God is so good. Thank you so much, Pastor Tom, for putting that video together. Uh, we love both you and Miss June and are praying for your recovery and just that God would continue to heal your body and give you strength and peace. Uh, church, let's just pray and open up this time in prayer right now. Let's pray for Pastor Tom and June and their family and also for the Harper family and along with many others uh, we have mentioned over the past several weeks. And if you have a need right now, and uh, the Bible says where two or three are gathered together, he is here in our midst. And so whether you're all alone right now, if you are listening or watching, uh, let's just join our hearts together and just trust God to bring his provision into our life. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you so much for the work that you're doing in Pastor Tom and June. Thank you for your grace, your mercy, for your healing touch in their body. And Lord, right now, we just come together in agreement as their church family and we pray that you would help his body to mend and just to heal quickly. Lord, we thank you and we rejoice in the work that you are doing. We pray for protection from all infection. And Lord, that you would just surround both of them with your love and your mighty presence. We pray the same for Judy Harper right now. God, we ask that you would help her body to heal and to mend. We pray, Father, that you would surround that family as well with your tender, loving care. And Lord, for everybody who has a need right now, Jesus, I pray that you would just deposit that mustard seed of faith that you said, if we have the faith the size of a mustard seed, that we could say to that mountain, be removed, and it would happen. And Lord, right now, we just bring our needs before you, uh, whether for healing, provision, protection, companionship, whatever needs that we have. Jesus, we just acknowledge that you are more than enough for all that we need. In Jesus' name, amen. But once again, it's so good to be here uh, sharing with you this message this morning. The uh, title for my message today is Walking in the Fullness of God. Walking in the Fullness of God. You know, if you want to think about this picture in your life, that often in our lives, we have our lives filled with so many things. We could be filled with anxiety. We could be filled with stress. Some, sadly, could be filled with anger, hopelessness, or despair. Uh, we could be filled with greed or, or lust, covetousness. We could be filled with bad memories. There's all sorts of things that our lives can be filled with. 
but God wants him to fill our lives. He wants himself to fill our lives, and he wants us to walk in his fullness. And so I just want to encourage you as I go through this message to just begin to pray and ask the Lord to say, Jesus, would you fill me with yourself? I shared a scripture last week found in the book of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 19. Paul the Apostle was praying for the Ephesian church, and he said this. His Part of his prayer was that that church would that they would know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, and that they would be filled with all the fullness of God. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that they may be filled with all the fullness of God. If you have things in your life right now, things in your heart, your mind, that you know really ought not to be there, let's just pray and trust God for his grace to lay aside every weight or if it's sin, to lay aside the sin that so easily besets us, and to ask God to fill us with himself. Because if we are filled with the Lord, you know what? Wherever God is, there is life. Wherever God is, there is the fruit of the Spirit. If you are in need of love, say, Lord, would you fill me with yourself? Because God, your word says in First John that God is love. If you need peace, uh, Jesus is the Prince of Peace. And just trust him right now to say, Lord, I ask for your peace to fill my life, the peace of God that surpasses my understanding. If you need joy, the Bible says in Nehemiah that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Uh, In his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so when you think about this picture to say, God, I I don't understand this necessarily, but I want you to fill me with all of your fullness Lord, not just a, don't fill me just a little bit. You know, I don't want my cup to be quarter empty or half empty or half full. Lord, I want my life to be filled to overflowing with the mighty presence of God. Don't settle for anything less. And so as we continue on with that theme, uh, there's a few verses that come to our mind that if we have God, we have everything that we could possibly need. A person with Christ has everything. In Joshua chapter 13, verse 33 But to the tribe of Levi, Moses had given no inheritance. Why? Because the Lord God of Israel was their inheritance, as he had said to them. Again, as I just said, if you have Christ, you have everything. The tribe of Levi, when the children of Israel went into the promised land, they didn't receive any land. And the reason why was because God himself was their inheritance. Just allow that to come into your heart to say, Lord, the Bible says in First Peter that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, that we should show forth the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And so if you are a chosen of God, if you are a royal priesthood, and I want to tell you, if you are born again, if Jesus is living in your heart, you know what? You are a royal priest of the Lord. Why? Because God loves you and you, uh, he is your inheritance. And so uh, just think about that. Dwell on that for a little bit, that God is your inheritance. The next verse I'd like to turn to is Psalm 16, uh, verse 5. O Lord, you are the portion of my inheritance and my cup. You maintain my lot. And the next one, verse 11, I just referenced it here a few moments ago. You will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. When you think about being filled with all the fullness of God, to say, Lord, in your presence 
is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. It truly boggles my mind how sin can so easily blind the minds of humanity. Each of us, ourselves, before we became Christians, before Jesus shined his light in the dungeon of our heart, doesn't that boggle your mind when you think about how good God is, how loving and merciful and kind he truly is, to say, Lord, who in their right mind would not want to be with God himself? Who in their right mind would not want to have all the fullness of God overflowing in their life. Why? Because in his presence is fullness of joy. We have too many reasons in this world to have sorrow, sadness, worry, and anxiousness. I want to encourage you, church family, during this time, uh, not just this time, but for all of our life, spend time in God's presence. Begin to seek him, uh, not begrudgingly, not out of duty, but let's do it out of delight and say, Lord, I want to spend time in your presence because, God, you are so good. I need your joy in my life, your peace, your presence, your gentleness, your goodness. The next scripture I'd like to turn to is found in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 16 through 17. It says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, we are heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. Hallelujah. I am bringing up these scriptures again because sometimes in this world, all that people can see is perhaps what they do not have or they can only see what they have lost And, you know, that is a lose-lose proposition to live by. You cannot spend your life living uh, always hoping for something more and always just trying to get something more out of this world, nor can you spend this life always looking back on what you have lost. No, you have to say, Lord, if I'm your child, uh, your spirit bears witness with my spirit. There is a witness in your heart that ought to be there when you're born again, that you are his child. And if you are his child, you are an heir, an heir of God, a joint heir with Christ. That is an amazing thought to say, Lord, everything that belongs to you belongs to us, that you want to share your kingdom with us. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians that we are seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show forth the exceeding riches of his kindness and his grace towards us. God loves you, my friend, and he wants to fill you with all of his fullness. Hallelujah. And so the next scripture, uh, keeping in mind that you are an heir of God. Uh, This world may not have a whole lot to offer you. You may never have been left a big inheritance. That's okay. If you know Jesus, you are an heir of all things. Uh, Revelations chapter 21, verse 6 through 7. And he said to me, it is done. I am Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Can you see the goodness of the Lord there? That he says that he who thirsts, that he will give the water of life freely, and those who overcome will inherit all things and he will be our God and we shall be his people. God's desire is to bless you. God's desire is to fill you with all of his fullness. 
I want to tell you, I do not understand most of the book of Revelation, but I do understand the final chapters that God has the final say in human history. And there is coming a day when he is going to make all things new. Hallelujah. And you know what? His desire is to raise up children that would be seated together with him, that he would share his kingdom and his glory with you and I. We need to meditate upon that. Why? Because as we meditate upon his promises, it fills us with his fullness, with the joy of who he is, the life of who he is, the faith of who he is, the hope of what he has promised. Let's continue on in our study here. Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. Before we read this, uh, I want to ask you, so how do we allow ourselves to fill our life with all the fullness of God? I want to encourage you, the best way that you can do so is to spend time in God's word. If you remember, the Bible says in the book of John, the gospel of John chapter 1, that in the beginning was the word, verse 1. In the beginning was the word, and the word was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And the word was made flesh, and he dwelt among us. Jesus, he is the living representation. He is the living word of God. And so if you keep this in mind that Jesus, he's the living word of God, I want you to t- take you to this next scripture here in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 through 17. When Jesus had been baptized and he came up immediately from the water and behold, the heavens were open to him and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hallelujah. If you want to be filled with all the fullness of God, spend time in God's word. Jesus is the living word of God. And there at the picture of his baptism, the heavens being opened and the spirit of God descending upon Jesus and resting upon him. You know what? That's a picture that God, the Holy Spirit, he rests upon the living word of God. So every time that you open up God's word, You ought to pray and say, Holy Spirit, would you open up my eyes to behold wondrous things out of your word? Holy Spirit, would you help me to see and to know and to understand, to grasp what you want me to grasp? Holy Spirit, just as you rested upon Jesus, would you rest upon my Bible as I read upon it? And would you write these words upon the table of my heart as you feast and feed upon the word of God? You are filling yourself with God himself. Jesus said in John chapter 6, verse 63, he said this, It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. Hallelujah. There, Jesus again, the words that he speaks to us, they are spirit and they are life. So if you want to be filled with all the fullness of God, Perhaps turn the news off. Perhaps turn off that radio. I don't know. Spend time in God's word. Go to the book of Psalms, Proverbs, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Just open up his word and ask the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of your understanding. And as you read upon God's word and feast upon it, meditate upon it, you know what? God will be filling you with himself. The Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. As you saturate your life with the word of God, you are opening yourself to the Lord himself that he would fill you with his presence. One of my favorite verses in Jeremiah is found in Jeremiah chapter 15, verse 16. 
Jeremiah said, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord God of hosts. Hallelujah. Your word was, was, your word was to me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Jeremiah loved God's word. I can just sense here that perhaps there are some you're watching or listening and you're brand new to the faith. And you know what? When you pick up God's word, it can feel overwhelming at times. It's such a big book. But you know what? You just begin little by little, line upon line, precept upon precept. And you just begin to read God's word. Every promise in the book is for you. You hold on to God's word. You feast upon it and allow his word to be the joy and the rejoicing of your heart as you do that. And you have that attitude towards God's word. If you don't have it, just pray and say, Lord, would you change my appetite? Maybe you hear Jeremiah saying that your, your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of your heart, of my heart and your words are found and I ate them. Now, perhaps some of you say, well, I don't feel like that at all. Well, let's just pray right now and ask God and say, Lord, uh, let's pray. Lord, I pray right now that you would change the appetites of each person listening or watching. Lord, if there are those who are hearing this message and right now they're thinking, oh, uh, I, I love to hear what Jeremiah had to say, but I feel so far from his heart and his desire. I pray, Lord, that you would place by the power of your Holy Spirit a newfound desire, a new love for the living word of God, that it would truly be the joy and the rejoicing of our heart, that we would truly feast and meditate upon your word day and night. Lord, that we would learn to love your promises. And as we do, that we would experience the life of God, the faith of God, the joy, the peace, the presence of God, fill in our hearts to overflowing. What else did Jesus have to say? Jesus in John chapter 15, verse seven through eight, he had this to say, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. You will ask what you will, and it, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Jesus wants us to meditate upon his word. Why? Because of our humanity, we tend to so easily forget his promises. We tend to so easily allow the experiences of what we're going through to cloud our vision of who God is, to distort our picture of who he is. And so we need to go back to God's word on a daily basis and say, Lord, open up my eyes. Help me to see who you are. And as you abide and remain in God's word and just Feast on God's word like Jeremiah. Jesus says, if his words abide in us, we shall ask what we desire and it will be done for us. How could he make such a huge statement to us? Because as you read God's word and meditate upon it day and night and allow his word to become a part of your life, you know what? Your desires are going to come into alignment with what his desires are. Your perspective, your vision is going to come and just to be sharing the same vision and perspective that Jesus has. And so that's how he could say that with absolute confidence. His desire is that we would bear much fruit. He said, by this, my father is glorified, verse 8, that you bear much fruit. And so you will be my disciples. The fruit of answered prayers to know that God you are the true and the living God. You hear and you answer prayers. 
I want to get to my next point in this to say, well, how else do we allow ourselves to be filled with all the fullness of God? We, we allow ourselves to be filled with all the fullness of God by taking time to minister to the Lord, enjoy Him. You see, I don't want this simply to be, as I said last week, analytical, where, okay, you, you go into God's Word. There is a time and a place for that where you study and perhaps you get into the original languages. But even beyond that, Jesus said that we need to come to Him like a child, to trust Him like a child. And so let's say that you've read your Bible, you've read some of the Psalms or some of the Gospels perhaps, and and you're just trusting in Him. Well, how do you allow yourself to be filled with all of His fullness? I want to encourage you to spend time ministering to the Lord. What do I mean by that? If we go to the book of Exodus, I believe, Exodus chapter 40, verse 12, my dad used to bring the scripture up often years ago when he would teach about the the first purpose of God's anointing. Exodus chapter 40, verse 12, he says, Then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and wash them with water. You shall put the holy garments on Aaron and anoint him and consecrate him that he may minister to me as priest. And you shall bring his sons and clothe them with tunics. You shall anoint them as you anointed their father that they may minister to me as priest. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. What does he mean by that? Well, when God anointed Aaron and the priest, he was anointing them to minister to the Lord. Have you ever thought that God enjoys hearing your voice? Have you ever thought that God may actually enjoy hearing you sing to him? Now, I want to tell you if we've been a snot or we've been having a bad attitude or we've not been doing what we're supposed to be doing... Uh, He does want us to make things right, and he does draw us to himself, and he wants our hearts to be right before him. But think about this, my friends, that the God of the universe, he truly delights to hear your voice. The God of the universe truly delights to see your uplifted hands, that you would worship him in spirit and truth, that you would just take time to say, Lord, I want to set my prayer request aside, all my needs aside, my desires aside. And Lord, I just want to rest in you, enjoy you. I want to meditate upon you. And Lord, I just want to say thank you. How do you minister to the Lord? Well, let's go to our next scripture. How do I minister to him? Psalms 37 verse 4. It says this, Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord enjoy him. I don't have time in this broadcast necessarily, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to unplug. Sometimes you just got to get away in a private place. And I don't care if you don't know how to sing, but just take time, sing to the Lord, talk to him, enjoy him, delight in who he is, his promises. Allow your mind and your spirit to think about all the wonderful things that God has prepared. Uh, Don't think about all the negativity and all the bad stuff going on. Thank God for who he is, what he has done, what he is doing. And as you do so, you are delighting in the Lord. I want to ask you, whether it's a marriage or a parental relationship or a friendship, uh, do you prefer to be around people who are complaining, grumbling about what's not right, what's going wrong, and this is wrong, and this is broken, and uh, this isn't happening? Or do you prefer to be in the company of somebody who, yes, they may have needs from time to time, and they share them, 
But you know what? The focus of their life is not on negativity, rejection, scorn, whatever, how everything is so bad or wrong. No, I think most of us enjoy being in the presence of somebody who has an outlook on life that is just thankful, an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of hope and anticipation that, yes, in spite of the difficult things that they're walking through, you know what? They can still say, my God is good. So how do you fill yourself? Allow yourself to be filled with all the fullness of God. Spend time in God's word. Allow his promises to feed your faith. But don't just do it mentally, analytically. You have to feast upon it, truly chew upon the word of God and receive it for yourself. And then secondly, you got to take time. You got to get away. I don't know how you can do it. You may not be able to come to a church building, but go get in your car. I don't care where. But just go spend some time and let loose with the Lord. Delight in Him. Enjoy Him. The next scripture I'd like to share along these lines is Psalms 43, verse 4. It says, Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. And on the harp I will praise you, O God my God. Then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy. Doesn't that sound like somebody who is delighting in the Lord? That God is the source of your exceeding joy. Hallelujah. And so how do you fill yourself? Allow yourself to be filled with all of his fullness. Minister to the Lord. Sing to him. Worship him. Show gratitude to him. If you can play a musical instrument, so be it. Uh, Just let loose and begin to pray and praise and thank the Lord. Allow your mind to focus on whatsoever things are true, lovely, honest, just, pure, anything of virtue or anything of good report. Paul said in Philippians, think on these things and the God of peace will be with you. And so delight in him, enjoy him. I want to turn to another scripture here found in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18 through 20. It says, do not be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Uh, Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. How? Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, How do we get filled with the Holy Spirit? I've said this over the years at this church uh, one, of the, one of the great ways that God desires to fill you with himself is by singing songs, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. God is the one who created music. And again, you may not feel very musical, but don't allow that gift of music to bypass you and say, well, that's just not my gift and that's just not my thing. I want to tell you the Lord is the one who created music and singing I've referenced as well in other scriptures, other services in Zephaniah chapter 3, uh, verse 17, I believe, that the Lord your God in the, is in the midst of you. He is mighty to save. He will rejoice over you with love and with singing. God sings over his people. And so as you delight in him and you minister to the Lord, sing to the Lord, worship him. Again, Use your brain, all right. You can use that brain and study and and analyze scripture, but God's word wasn't meant to be analyzed. God's word was meant to be meditated upon and received. God's word was meant that we would come as a child and feed upon it 
and say, thank you, Lord. These promises are so amazing, so outstanding, and allow it to just lift up your heart and your faith to say, thank you, Lord. Uh, I cannot comprehend it with my natural mind, but Holy Spirit, I just want you to open the eyes of my understanding and help me to see the amazing plans of what God has in store. And so allow yourself to be filled with all of his fullness. First, by getting in his word. Second, minister to the Lord. That is the first purpose of why God has called you is is he delights to hear your name. He doesn't want you being so busy running here and there, to and fro, everywhere, trying to meet everybody else's needs. God wants you to take time to minister to him. Think about this. When Jesus I believe the night before he died, uh, he was uh, getting ready for the Last Supper. And there it says that he took a basin of water and he washed his disciples' feet. He took time to serve them. If the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, uh, just the day before he's getting ready to give his life for you and I, if he could take time to wash the disciples' feet, don't you think it's the least that we could do to say, Lord, I need my life to be reprioritized. Lord, Forgive me for being too busy for me, for you. Lord, uh, I want to spend time ministering to you, washing your feet, so to say, with my gratitude, with my appreciation, Uh, not coming with a big list of needs yet, but just to say, thank you, God. You are so wonderful. The next scripture I would like us to turn to is Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 through 16. It says, and let the peace of God Rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. I need to pause there for a sec. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Again, there are so many occasions to have a, a lack of peace in our hearts. And the Bible says there we need to allow, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And continuing on from there, he says, verse 16, how do we do that? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom and spiritual understand in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Hallelujah. Here we let the word of Christ dwell in us richly, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in our hearts to the Lord. And so again, it just goes along with ministering to the Lord to say, God, I want you to fill your life inside of my life. I want to be filled with all the fullness of God. Lord, I don't want my life to be filled with other things, with worry, anxiousness, with discouragement or depression. Lord, if I am filled with all the fullness of God, I have your love, your joy, your peace, your hope, your confidence, your boldness. Lord, your faith and victory in my heart in Jesus' name. Another scripture as we are doing this, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 22, it says, In whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. As we do these things, God is building us together, not just individually, but also when we come together as a body in the church or even in homes that God is building us together to become a habitation of his by the Spirit of God. We are called the temple of the Holy Spirit. Again, how do we walk in his fullness? It begins, my friends, by spending time in his word. Jesus said the words that he speaks to us, they are spirit and they are life. This flesh, this body, it profits for nothing. 
No, if we abide and remain in him and his words remain in us, you know what? It is building a habitation for God to dwell in. Faith is being born in our hearts as we read his promises. Wouldn't it be amazing if we could finish this week not knowing exactly what's going to happen, but say we we come together in a similar way next Sunday and just say, you know what? It was a good week. Yes, I had some battles. Yes, I had some unexpected trials. But you know what? Each day I took time and I said, Lord, I'm going to open up your word, your Bible. I'm going to read some Psalms and perhaps some of the Gospels. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to show me and to give me understanding. When I come across across a promise, I'm going to read that promise and receive that promise and say, thank you, Lord. That is for me. And then take time this week to enjoy the Lord, minister to him in song, in praise, in worship, and thanksgiving. And as you do, God will be filling you with his Holy Spirit. The third and final way of, at least for this morning, of how I want to address of how do we walk in all of his fullness is found in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verse 38. It says this, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. The third way that you allow yourself to be filled with all of God's fullness is you must remember that God wants to use you as a conduit of blessing. You know, I spoke last week how Jesus stood up in John chapter 7 and said, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink, and out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit is compared to a river at times, not not a pool, not a stagnant pond. No, it's a river of living water. And what God wants us to do is he wants you to allow yourself to be a blessing to other people. Jesus said, I believe in Matthew chapter 10 to his disciples, freely you have received, freely give. As God pours his life into you, as he pours his fullness into you, as he pours his blessings, his comfort, his patience, his faith into you, his hope, his love, you then need to pour it out into the lives of other people. Keep it in mind the wonderful promise in Luke chapter 6 again. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. The same measure that you use it will be measured back to you. If you want God's fullness in your life, I want to encourage you. I know right now for many of us, we're cooped up at home and perhaps you're not able to get up and about as you want to, but you can pick up that telephone. Perhaps you could write a letter. Uh, Perhaps you can get on that Facebook or the internet and perhaps reach out to somebody. But begin to reach out to others and ask the Holy Spirit to lead you and direct you in, in ways that you never imagined to say, Lord, freely I have received, freely I will give. Uh, your fullness that I receive is not meant to be kept to myself. Lord, you want me to give it away. And so, Lord, as I am out in the community, as I am using my telephone or in any way possible, Lord, help me to give because as I give, it will be given back to me. How do I stay filled with all of this fullness? you must give it away. You can't keep it for yourself. And so share God's love, share his grace, his hope, share God's word with other people. And as you do, you will find that there is an endless supply of who God is. I want to close just with that thought. I I shared this a couple of months ago, I believe on a Wednesday night, possibly or Sunday morning. 
You know, in this world, there is limited supply, uh, limited funds, finances, limited uh, resources. And often, sadly, when somebody is blessed, uh, we just see a diminishing of the resources, a diminishing of the supply. And so if somebody else gets something that we were hoping to get, you know what, sadly, that makes people feel envious or jealous because now there isn't something for them. I want to tell you that is not the case with our God. He is eternal. He is infinite. His love is never ending. His mercy reaches to the highest of heavens. And so when God pours out his blessing on your life and he says, okay, my friend, freely you have received, now freely give, you're not going to run out when you give it away. No, part of God's economy of how he's chosen to work, that if you want his blessings to overflow in your life, you need to step out in faith, be a doer of the word and say, Lord, I'm going to be a blessing. I'm going to give away what you've given to me, your hope, your love, your joy, your peace, whatever God has placed in your life. Use it to be a blessing towards other people. And as you give, you will find that it will come back to you, not in equal measure, but good measure. Let's read it again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your bosom. You see, my friends, when you give something to others, when you give something to the Lord, God doesn't just pay you back equally, give you back equally. No, he sees that like a seed. And when he, re- he uh, responds to you and he sees that heart of giving, that heart of blessing to say, Lord, I want to reach out to others. I want to minister to them. God says, you know what? I can trust that person. They are a good steward of the treasures of God. They're not holding on to them, hoarding them. No. They are willing to share the joy of my salvation. They are willing to share the hope of my word with others. And so as you pour out and give out to others, you know what? God will pour back into your life his fullness. Walking in the fullness of God in this day and age, God wants our hearts to be set on him. He wants us to be looking to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, He doesn't want us to walk with our hearts half empty, half filled with Jesus. No, he wants our hearts to be emptied of the things of this world to say, Jesus, thank you for this time that you have slowed life down tremendously. Thank you for this time that you have changed my habits and my routines. Thank you, Lord. Lord, now I want to spend time on your word. I want to learn to, just like Jeremiah, to say, Lord, your word is the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Lord, I want to learn to minister to you, to learn to sing to you, to just spend time delighting in you. And then, Lord, as you fill me up with your spirit, as you fill me up with your love and joy, help me, Lord, to spread that around. Help me, Lord, to share your salvation with others. And as I do, I will experience your fullness. As we begin to close this message here today, I just want to invite you that if you need to invite Jesus into your heart, if you need to ask him to become your Lord and Savior and repent of your sins, let's just pray this prayer together and invite Jesus into our hearts right now. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for today. And Lord, right now, I confess that I am a sinner, that I have fallen short of the glory of God Jesus, I ask that you would forgive me of all of my sins. Jesus, I ask that you would wash my heart clean. Not only forgive me, but cleanse me from all unrighteousness. 
Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God, that you lived and died upon that cross, that you were buried the third day you rose again, and Lord, you ascended to heaven, and you're coming back for me. Be the Lord of my life. I surrender all that I am, all that I have into your hands. I want to be born again, filled with all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, if you meant that prayer, it's just a wonderful step in this journey of your faith, and God is just about ready to do some amazing things in your life. I just want to encourage you, get into God's Word this week. If you don't know where to to get into God's Word, uh, call me, reach out to another Christian. As I said, open up the book of Psalms, Proverbs, the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Feed on God's Word. Meditate upon His promises. Minister to Him. Enjoy the Lord. Delight in Him. Sing to Him. Not because of what you want, but just simply because of who He is. Express a heart of gratitude to say, Lord, I want to bring you pleasure and joy today. And then as he fills you with his fullness, take it out to others. Freely you have received, freely give, and you will find that you will have an abundance in your life. I love you, my friends. I pray for God's blessing upon you this week. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, and we'll see you soon. God bless you.